Hey folks, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Taste Radio, the number one podcast for the food and beverage industry. I'm Ray Latif, the editor and producer of Taste Radio, and with my show co-hosts, John Craven, Jackie Brugliera, and Mike Schneider. In this episode, we're once again joined by Maxine Kosler-Coven, the co-managing director of LA-based investment firm LDR Ventures, for the latest edition of the Maxi Minutes. Just a reminder, if you like what you hear on Taste Radio, please share the podcast with friends and colleagues. And of course, we would love it if you could review us on the Apple Podcasts app or your listening platform of choice. We are surrounded by cameras here at the studio at BevNet headquarters in Newton, Massachusetts. I count one, two, three, four, five. Is that right, John? Sure. Okay. Everyone, I'm just, I'm just <laughs> want to make sure I can still count, folks. But yeah, we're doing a whole new video setup. We're trying to get a lot more content on the YouTubes, on the Instagrams, on the TikToks, perhaps. Perhaps. Can we still use TikTok? I thought that mm. thing is banned. Is it banned now? We're gonna no, do it banned. until they tell us otherwise. <laughs> not yet. No, I think I think like the White House was looking at uh, uh, yeah. you know, the whole kind of thing where it's like, you know, people might be spying on us through the TikToks. Ray, every time you pick up your phone, someone's spying on you. <laughs> <Okay>. Stop. <laughs> All right. We're being spied on now. Yes. Well, in any case, people watching the video might be like, Ray, is that actually you? Because I am completely dressed down differently than I normally am. I'm wearing a black hoodie and a uh, baseball cap. It's a deep fake Ray. It's a deep fake Ray. <laughs> deep fake Ray. <laughs> yeah. No, but I was wondering what it would feel like to dress down for one of these things. I know. And, just yeah. dressed like the common man here, like a bunch of idiots. <laughs> exactly. John, you're wearing a hoodie. <laughs> like, what kind of moron wears too. a hoodie to yeah, a podcast? Seriously, a, a hoodie oh, to uh, a podcast? Oh, Mike, you're wearing a hoodie too, but it's I like am. a very thin hoodie. Yeah. You're all in uniform. Yeah, mine's a very thick hoodie for these cold oh, winter months. All right, right. I'll just I'll take off my hoodie. Oh, for Christ! This is where I feel like we should be plugging our merch store. Like, do we have a merch store? <laughs> merch like, I want this really plush, comfortable hoodie. Have we ever charged for yeah. that merchandise? No, of course not. <laughs> Why would we do that? When but we I don't know. That's what free. some podcasts just do. by reviewing us on the Apple Podcast app or your you listening don't get a platform okay. of it's choice. A t-shirt. Well, bottom line here is that we may be we may be dressed as schlubs, but Jackie, you look fantastic. You have a very nice. Maroon. Thanks. Is that a sweater? Is that a sweater whole Looks outfit? Like a turtleneck. Yeah, it's a nice turtleneck, which makes it fancier. Okay, so fancy. It's, it's cold out there in San Diego. You gotta <laughs> gotta stay warm. I heard it's like in the fifties. Yeah. Well, maybe next week I'll, or the next episode, I'll dress up in uh, one of those white leather suits that Elvis wore toward the end of his career. <laughs> you know, I was watching the Elvis movie. You guys seen that? The the one with Austin Butler? Uh, no. Can't say that. Oh I have. my goodness, it is really good. Jackie, have you seen it? Nope, I'm no, not. I think wow. you're the only Elvis fan here. Okay, right? no, it's not a bit. I wasn't dating even, yourself. It's okay. I, I wasn't I'm even like an Elvis Cash fan. guy myself. But Austin Butler, who played Elvis, won a Golden Globe for Best Actor for his performance, and it is phenomenal. Especially you know toward the end when he was like turning into like that sort of fading Elvis and sort of had to reinvent himself a couple of times. I mean, he's just fantastic. So highly recommend watching the Elvis movie if you haven't already had an opportunity. I think it's on HBO Max and HBO if you're streaming and all that stuff. So, the sailing Elvis, Captain Elvis, <laughs> Commodore Elvis, Captain Elvis. Yeah. <laughs> um, before we go any further, just want to give a quick shout out to our sponsor for this episode, Cognizant. Cognizant is a clinically tested nootropic ingredient that delivers a patented form of citicoline to supply your brain and those of your consumers with the energy it needs to stay sharp. Learn more at cognizant.com. That's C-O-G-N-I-Z-I-N.com. You know, now, Mike sure could use some Cognizant. <laughs> Always. I'm all <laughs> anything that make me smarter. I'm I'm all about the Cognizant <laughs> at uh, 11 a.m. And I can't imagine what it's like at 8 a.m., Jackie. I always bring this up. You're always on top of your game, even early in the morning like this. 
Yeah, cognizant every morning. A little <laughs> bit of the coffee, you know? There it is. We there have is. a product in front of us that has some cognizant. Are we allowed to talk about that yet? Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Not okay, yet. all right. We'll save Don't it for later. Don't derail this program. We're really on a I know. We're, 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 on. Yes. we're definitely on fire here. Well, <laughs> I'm excited because uh, we're going to have to get up in the morning for all the cool stuff that we're going to be doing with Naturally San Diego. We have a nice partnership going on with that organization. John Craven, you are and have been spearheading this whole partnership. Tell us all about it. Yeah, well, we're a new member sponsor of Naturally San Diego, which I'm sure uh, listeners out there have heard of the Naturally Network, but uh, we're joining the affiliate in San Diego where, you know, a good chunk of our team, including Jackie, are based. And uh, we're doing a little kickoff party on February 20th at our office with them. So I'm going to be there. You guys are not going to be there. Well, Jackie will be there, but... Uh, I'll be there. Yeah. yeah. You know, another meetup, just trying to engage with the community and maybe... Uh, I don't know, hang out before the chaos of Expo West, right? Exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. By the way, why am I not going to be there? I can't come. Why was I not invited? You're banned. Banned? <laughs> banned from the office. Not allowed. Yeah, I didn't wipe down the toilet seat the last time I was there, so that's what happened. <laughs> Jeez, Ray. What? You're not the only one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I don't do that kind of thing, folks. That's I, not me. TMI. I, I, okay. yeah, I had see. to do some minor plumbing uh, action in the San Diego. Oh, I'm crying out now. Now <laughs> you're going too far, stuff. Mike. I, I, I going took care way of it. I took care of it. This is a classy show. <laughs> it wasn't because of me. <laughs> but anyway, one last thing on the Naturally San Diego. Um, Jackie will probably be our uh, local contacts and stuff. Uh, well, she's in San Diego and we're not, but we're definitely looking forward to engaging with their members there in San Diego. Lots of uh, lots of good companies. I think they have like 500 something members. So yeah, Jack, if you're the point person, uh, what's the best way for folks to get in touch with you? Yeah, if you want to get in touch with me, uh, just email me at jbrugliera, B-R-U-G-L-I-E-R-A at bevnet.com. And if you don't know how to spell that, just go to our about page on bevnet. Just Google it. It's a tricky one. Or just go to Eat With Quee. <laughs> DM her at, at uh, Eat With Quee. Slide into your DMs. Actually, maybe not. <laughs> yeah, I remember you had an issue with that. Where oh, no. Too many people were sliding into your DMs. So forget slides. that. Yeah, we're going to have to cut I think that. that phrase is canceled, right? Yeah. Yeah. No sliding. Yeah. No sliding. You have to follow her first, and she has to accept your follow. There we go. Yes. <laughs> All right. John, you mentioned Expo West, and good Lord, we are just about a month away from the granddaddy of them all, the granddaddy of all trade shows, Expo West, happening in Anaheim, California, March 7th to the 11th. Is that accurate? Good memory, right? Yes, there we go. Mm -hmm. We are looking for news. We want to know what you're doing, what you're exhibiting, who's going to be there, why you're there. Please send us all that news. Jackie, what are the details? How do people get in touch with us about Expo West? Head to bevnet.com slash Expo West or nosh.com slash Expo West. That's where you can find all of our Expo West coverage. You'll also find a link there to submit your news and your booth number. We will be compiling a list of coverage to make sure you're not missed, your booth's not missed, and we're checking out what's new. We also will be compiling a insider booth list. So if you're an insider, make sure you send over your booth number. We'll be publishing that list a week prior to Expo West. And if you're not an insider, you still have time to become an insider so you can be included in the guide. That's one good way to stand out during the show. But, you know, everybody's got something new. The, the strategy is, oh, we're going to launch something new at Expo West and we'll just bust right through the clutter. That's maybe not going to happen for you. But if you do want to uh, bust through the clutter, we've got some great packages. You know, you could get some 
Midrolls on Taste Radio to talk about where your booth is, or uh, we've got some other interesting packages. If you want to talk to our sales team, send us an email and People we will hook do you up. Listen to a lot of Taste Radio on their way to Expo West, it seems. They do. Yeah, they oftentimes mm-hmm. have a better ability to recall what happens in mm-hmm. these pointless episodes than I do. So, and in a fi- in a nice little fifteen second mid roll, you could tell us what your new product is and to come to your booth. I mean, that is a great way to get people interested in what you've got. It really is. I mean, I think the hardest part about Expo West is navigating the show. I mean, there's no shortage of great products to try and great brands to see and cool people to meet, but trying to plan it all out and schedule your time effectively and efficiently is kind of difficult. And, you know, frankly, Mike, you're 100% right. BevNet does try to distill as much information into our exhibitor lists, you know, into booths to see and where to go as possible. And you can do that again by getting in touch with our teams or getting in touch with Taste Radio to amplify what you're doing at Expo West. So uh, let us know. What's the best way if uh, folks want to get uh, their mid-roll, uh, get a mid-roll at on Taste I mean, Radio? Shoot us, shoot us an email, ask at tasteradio.com for starters. We'll get, you, we'll get you in touch with the right person from there. There you go. You going to be uh, standing out with the white leather suit, right? <laughs> I am going to be in full Elvis persona. And I'm going to be watching the Elvis movie 24-7 Love for the it. week prior to Expo West. Just to make <laughs> going sure. all in. Yeah, I'm going all in. You know what's going to stand out at Expo West, Ray? What's that? Pancake cereal. Why don't we have pancake cereal yet? <laughs> before we get to pancake cereal. I want to talk about pancake cereal. Before we get to pancake cereal. And it's, it is, has not sent us the pancakes. You know, it's a, nuke. A, it's a big TikTok trend. But, you know, just before Expo West, we're going to be partnering up with the founder of Snackshot on a pretty cool event, right, John? We're working on that. We're working on no, okay. details coming soon. Okay, but, uh, we're yes, tease that. Uh, I don't know, save the date or something March like that. March 7th? Yes, Tuesday, March 7th. I think it's 6 to 8 p.m. And it's going to be at a location closer to Los Angeles than Anaheim. But we'll be sharing that info soon. So save the date, March 7th. nice way to connect with people before the chaos of Anaheim. Exactly. Before you fill up on pancake cereal. All right, Mike, you can talk Mike, about pancake Jesus. cereal. Yes. No, <laughs> I, just, I can't stop thinking about pancake cereal. So the fine folks at Belgian Boys recently introduced pancake cereal. Now, this is pretty amazing stuff. Apparently, it was a big TikTok trend. Does anyone know about this? Yeah. People reading pancakes for cereal? People or? do a lot of weird things on TikTok, Ray. Okay. <laughs> I, I didn't know too, too much about so this. So is it cereal-sized pancakes? Yes. Or is it pancakes yeah. in cereal form? I, I think they're like, cereal-sized pancakes. Or crunchy or... Jackie, what is this stuff? I don't know. Yeah, you, do I think it's milk just tiny it? pancakes. Everyone loves tiny really? pancakes. What happens to Numpty like me who puts milk on it? What, what's going to happen? It's You're still a Numpty, Mike. It doesn't matter. <laughs> so... Yeah. So apparently, at the top of the table. this is the description. Belgian Boys has taken a viral TikTok trend and brought it to Target shelves with a new pancake cereal. The limited time offering will be available at Target nationwide beginning February 1st. As of our recording date, that's tomorrow. And it's, it's in their beautiful pink boxes. Belgian Boys is known for that. Uh, what do you call that? Aesthetic. Pastel sort of aesthetic, yeah. Pink aesthetic. It's literally on the front of the box. The viral trend <laughs> brought to life. And it's got a bowl of little small pancakes and a spoon. And I don't Coming know. Coming out tomorrow. Do you, right. put, do you put milk in this? Yes. Or you just eat the pancakes I like at a bowl? Of that's syrup? why. Maple, maple milk? I, I don't think know. You can that's do whatever you want. That's why we need to investigate further, Ray. Okay. 
We'll investigate for that. <laughs> well, we must try both options. Mike will blend it and try to make a latte out of it. How about that? <laughs> I'll do everything. Oh. Yeah, I'll do that. You know what they should do? They should do a partnership with Malk. Malk's been in the news lately too. M-A-L-K. Malk is a brand of organic almond and oat milks that recently launched a new commercial that asks, do ingredients really matter? And basically they're kind of calling out these larger competitors, these sort of legacy brands, I guess you can call some of these competitors legacy brands that have all kinds of ingredients beyond oats and water and sugar and flavoring in their products. And I'm not gonna mention the names of their competitors, but in this video, there's someone at a farmer's market booth from Malk who basically has two packages, one of Malk and one of their competitor. You don't see the brand names, you just see the ingredients on either one. And Malk's clearly is the one that's in the Malk bottle. It only has three ingredients, whereas the competitor has like, I don't know. A lot. A lot, including yeah. things like calcium carbonate, ascorbic acid, et cetera, et cetera. Some stuff that people just don't know. And so they filmed people coming up to this booth and were like, uh, what's in this? Like, why would I drink this stuff? Why would I drink that stuff? And it's just like a straightforward way of saying, look, do you know what's in your almond milk? Do you know what's in your oat milk? Because if you don't, why are you drinking it? So pretty effective campaign, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I think just yeah. focusing on like the simplicity of their product relative to others. And that certainly seems like something that's kind of stuck a little bit as people have reevaluated things like oat milk, which also kind of has a lot of ingredients in it. So it worked for RX bar. There you go. Yeah. I also think it's interesting because other brands are realizing that consumers are realizing that there's these oils and gums, especially in oat milk. And I think uh, Califia Farms three weeks ago launched a three ingredient almond and oat milk that's organic. So it's very similar to milk. And yeah, it's just cool to see that other brands are kind of taking that challenge and also listening to consumers and creating simple ingredient versions. Man, Ray was early on this too. In the old days. Oh, that's right. <laughs> where we were going around doing booth interviews at shows and the plant-based milk things catching on and doing an interview with a you know, certain founder of Calafia, Greg Stelton Pole, industry legend. Rest in Re peace. Rest in peace. Sorely missed. And, you know, he was he was a great person to have a conversation with. And, you know, Ray would just be like, yo, when are you getting rid of the carrageenan? And Greg would be like, Jesus Christ, Ray, just, just give me give me a break. Like, we can't do that. You so know, technology has finally gotten there. Yeah, no, mm -hmm. I, I remember I was laughing because Greg was getting agitated, but in, like, in a really funny way. And uh, he knew, he knew he wanted to get rid of it too. It's just like <laughs> to scale up to, in, in the way that they wanted to scale and to get more, I guess, better for you, almond milk and oat milk into people's hands. They had to go through the step of, okay, first we've got to get more of it out there and then we can make it better, I think is what he was trying to say. Yes, but, um, yes. And, and, you know, in fairness, they were a one-up of what was out there at the time, which as it relates to Malk is kind of interesting in that like, you know, Malk was also out there mm -hmm. as this super premium ahead of its time. I don't know, HPP. Like, I think those things were like almost exploding in the beginning, literally. Mm -hmm. But yeah, the industry has finally caught up. So I guess your, your questions were, uh, were accurate. Wait, did you just spot an Expo West trend? Our first trend perhaps here? 
Well, Fewer ingredients in plant-based. Oh yeah. come on! That's like when someone says, "What's the trend this year?" It's lower sugar. It's like, yeah, every year. And I will, I will give credit where credit is due. I actually asked Greg this based on a stage discussion at Bevnet Live, in which Dwayne Primazich, who's one of the co-founders and managing partners of Bigger Ventures, the venture capital firm that invests in better for you food and beverage, had brought this up. And this was, I think, probably eight years ago. And he's like, "Look." there's going to be a reckoning for plant-based milks because there are all these weird ingredients in there and that consumers are going to eventually going to ask questions about those ingredients. And they're going to say, okay, well, cow's milk is one ingredient and I can drink that. And I know what that is. Yet you're telling me that oat or almond milk is better. And that has like 12 ingredients. I'm, I mean, I, we're seeing the same thing exactly. in plant-based meat right now. Right. Total you know? parallels to that like, to plant-based meat. There's yeah. that backlash. It's like, you know, the cycle or stages of like adopting these are like, wow, it's from plants and wow, this is better for me and better for the earth. And then it's like, what the hell's in this? Yeah. I mean, I think that's just something we're going to continue to deal with. And I assume yeah. these companies will, will get better at their, you know, what goes in their products. Yeah. I'm curious how that's going to impact people's experiences at coffee shops. And if they're going to be asking the barista, what oat milk are you using? Can I see what ingredients are in that oat milk? Because a large quantity of plant-based milks are consumed at coffee shops. And I think there's a whole nother level of understanding what you're consuming, even in that experience when it's outside your home. Yeah, I think that's a really good point, Jackie. And I think, you know, it may be time. Uh, coffee some, some coffee shops already do this, where they highlight branded creamers in their shops. But those are the ones that have such high quality coffee that it makes sense to let people know that what they're adding to their coffee is just as high quality as the coffee itself. So, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if we start to see maybe Malk branded creamer at, say, as a Stumptown or a Pete's. You know, I think it would be a good move for those companies. Easy way to justify that $7 latte. Right? Exactly. <laughs> for sure. Exactly. All right. We've been, we've been complaining about ingredients so much, but you know what? We can't complain about ingredients in this, in this uh, snack that I'm holding my hand here which has uh, sugar, enriched wheat flour, and as we, go, as we go down the line, palm oil, palm oil, and there's multiple palm oils. It's like palm oil is like three times on this thing. Anyway, you know it's probably not that great for you, but I'm talking about Reese's new dipped animal crackers. Get in my belly. Yeah. <laughs> These are bite-sized animal crackers covered in peanut butter candy and dipped in milk chocolate. My goodness. Note the calories there on the front, on the front, the call out. Uh, 150 pour four pieces. Yes. Oh no! I like the fine Ooh. print. Is oh, wow. yes. four pieces, not the bag. Four. Yeah, there's about so. four servings per container, which means there's about 16 cookies in so here. So you kind of you kind of messed up math. all the products I brought here. I was gonna have like the the mass produced minute here of uh oh right yeah I got my Reese's crackers this new <laughs> Dr Pepper strawberries and cream zero sugar. What else do I have in here? <laughs> Oh, We're this. For, I have not had this. This has been around for the Forrest Gump movie, right? This is the only one I kind of want to try. The uh, This is the Gatorade uh, Fast Twitch, which is, you know, caffeinated sports mm. drink. And then this, which, like, everyone in the office has oh, to try. Oh, God. Which is oh, the Mountain yeah. Dew. I was waiting for that I one. I tried it. Baja Blast uh, hot sauce in its nice, I don't know, I guess this is kind of, would you call this, like, a almost algae blue-green with some chunks floating in it no that actually looks like vomit and i'm not even yeah. kidding the color of vomit after like a heavy night of drinking for some folks wow. which i've seen i've seen that sort of neon green <laughs> when you've color. had a few too many like midori sours right Bile. yeah not yeah. me wow. not me but uh you know I like back in the day john said it it's the consistency of duck sauce and i agree but it's like if someone poured antifreeze into I duck sauce was gonna bring a little sort of <laughs> cup or something but i really wanted you to try this like while we're recording just for the reaction what am i gonna take like a, a shot of that stuff <laughs> just <laughs> what we did yesterday just 
Right. <laughs> I did. Yeah, I, just open it up. And I mean, some I'll limit for taste the, radio, the folks. The people you know? from the Mountain Dew <laughs> PR company just like this. did not send wings with the wing sauce. Just, you so know, that's, that's, that's kind of weird. Yeah. Although I have wings in the freezer down here. What are you doing, Mike? I, Mike, oh, Mike, Mike, how to get a sample? Michael, do anything for there, Taste Radio? For no, it. thank I you very much. Two Cheers. Of the hot sauce. I got two, two drops. And okay, it's pretty terrible. <laughs> Frankly, the <laughs> it tastes like products that we've been switch. talking about are not typically the ones we talk about on Taste Radio or any vertical that that operates. That being said, I am interested in trying these tipped animal crackers. And as to the Dr Pepper zero sugar with strawberries and cream, I think this actually sounds pretty good, but. I mean, it's just such an odd derivative of like a core product. That's all. But I think like the strawberries and cream fake flavoring go with Dr. Pepper. Yeah, but I, I think there are a lot of consumers who love classic cola flavors, but just want a little extra, you know, oomph to them, if that makes any sense. If, if not really, is the word. no, okay, fine. <laughs> Moving right along. Who drew the graphics on this Baja Blast? There's like a a blue Fresno pepper parachuting into like this just mess of a, uh, there's a, sh a shark with a swimming mask on and a submarine that's being attacked by an octopus and some guy in an old school, what the heck is this thing in an old school, like almost space suit kind of wetsuit? What's going okay. on here? Mike has literally given uh, this too much going on. more right. thought than anyone I know. ever will. Yeah, <laughs> and I feel bad for the tomatillos. In a strange turn of events, sugar is not the first ingredient. It is tomatillos. People who just tuned into the podcast might be thinking we just got back from Nax or something like that. Let's get this back, back on track. Back to Expo, Expo East, perhaps. You well, know, you, you're going to sample these. Are we gonna I'm going to. I'm going to. While I do this, Jackie, you have some cool things in front of you. I do. I have a beverage called Immoral. It's a line of sparkling mushroom-based teas. I'm always finding the mushroom products. This one is reishi, mango, and chamomile, and it's crafted in Brooklyn. It's pretty good. It's like a healthy, like soda. It's a little bit sweet from the mango juice. I like the play on like the word moral in the name because people know morals are associated with mushrooms. Oh, um, I thought it made reishi. you question your life choices after you drink it. No, those those are <laughs> pretty tasty, but they do not have a morel mushroom skew. Like, yeah, that's the only. <laughs> I mean, I was like, wow, this is going to yeah. be some fancy stuff. Hence the im. <laughs> yeah, immoral. Yeah. But yeah, that stuff's cool. I like it. Immoral. I have a product that has Cognizant in it, oh, actually. Boy. Yay. Uh, it's called Wingman Smart Energy. I think the reason I picked it up, because I've never seen it before, but it had a big call out of nitric oxide booster, which I've never hmm. really seen as like a call out, but I had to Google it. And it's usually used in pre-workouts to boost your blood flow and help with the pump. Get you um, So yeah. Get swole. So yeah, this is a performance beverage that's <laughs> new on the market. It has some amino acids, immune support. It's kind of doing everything, which is a little confusing, but something interesting. And I also have Moments, which was a new beverage showdown winner. And they have new packaging as well as a lemon lemon glow together skew. That lemon lemon skew, no Jackie? Fat. It's pretty yeah. funny because they also have Tulsi lemon, so they called that one lemon lemon. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, it's pretty good. I like it. And it's low sugars, low calorie, sparkling, and no caffeine. So it's a nice 
better for you beverage. Yeah, I just like that we've uh, mentioned two former or two past New Beverage Showdown winners on the show already. Malk. Malk and Moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of lemon, I have some uh, a new product here from the good people at Blake's Orchard. It's called Sorta Pop. And it's a better for you soda, as you would think. It's got six grams of sugar. This one's 25 calories. So this is the lemon lime. And I also have the tangerine in front of me here. Also 25 calories, four grams of sugar. Got a little juice. I'm going to go for it. Okay. John, I'm surprised you didn't bring out uh, Snoop's new uh, oh. canned coffee, Indo. Indo, I know. I should have brought that. I haven't tried it yet. We just got it yesterday. The can looks pretty cool. Tastes like coffee. It does look cool. Yeah, yeah, but uh, it's kind of a strange name for a coffee that doesn't have for any cannabis-free product. Yeah, yeah. The sort uh, of pop I mean, is tasty. We'll we'll sample it next time on here. Okay, fair enough. Yes, we'll we'll be back sampling the Indo, Snoop's Indo. That is Snoop's coffee Indo. <laughs> just to be very clear, we're not going to be. This isn't the Joe Rogan experience, <laughs> folks. Okay, this is Taste Radio. So, all right, all right. It's time to get to the Maxi Minutes with investor Maxine Kosler-Coven. As I mentioned at the top of the episode, Maxi is the co-managing director of Los Angeles-based investment firm LDR Ventures. And the following conversation marks the first edition of the series in 2023. As in previous editions, Maxi shares on-the-ground insights about how angel and seed investors evaluate emerging brands and how entrepreneurs can best position themselves for funding success. The following discussion focuses on how founders should navigate an increasingly tighter market for private capital and the trend of angel investors passing on subsequent funding rounds. Hey folks, it's Ray with Taste Radio right now. I'm very excited to be sitting down with Maxine Kosler-Coven, the managing director of LDR Ventures. Maxine, so great to see you. Great to see you too. Excited to be here. Definitely. This is the first edition of the Maxi Minutes in 2023. It's been a minute since we last chatted. I think it's uh, been a few weeks and I know our audience is thirsty for all the (laughs) insights and knowledge that you'll be sharing with us today. Uh, There's a lot of uh, concern is probably the best way I can describe how people are feeling about investments and private capital in 2023. And I'm excited to chat with you about that. I am as well. The climate has definitely changed in the last six to nine months, and uh, but I've got I've got some really positive outlooks on on what founders can do about it. Good, good. Well, how's the uh, first month of the year going for you? I know it's a brand new year, so typically people have a lot of uh, goals and plans for the year. Are you on your way? Absolutely. We kind of hit the ground running, a lot of events and conferences, and even a lot of new structures that founders are using to raise money and getting those angel investors still involved to really help them with their their raises through some unique propositions. Outstanding. Well, let's talk about a few of those. But before we get into that, again, you know, I've been speaking with a bunch of early stage founders and you know, investment is always top of mind. Funding is always top of the list in terms of things that they need help with. And it seems like, and you can verify this, but it seems like angel and seed investors are being a lot more cautious with their money and a lot more cautious with where they're choosing to invest their money than they had been even last year, even a few months prior. Is that is that accurate? Absolutely. I I think we all see the writing on the wall. I don't think it's a guess or just one person's opinion. In the last six to nine months, especially, 
you know, that seed stage investment money has just really dried up. It has slowed down tremendously from where it was at, which was at a height. So the positive great news is this is just a cycle. This is a cycle like every other cycle in investing and finance. So we hit I mean, a huge swell of money going into seed stage consumer products, especially food and beverage. And then we just sort of hit that point where the market was so saturated and everyone had placed their bets. And then given the stock market and other things, you know, it really has slowed down. It's nobody's imagination. It absolutely has. And that kind of related, you know, the stock market does scare specifically seed stage investors. You know, if we've got angel investors involved, people who either don't normally do this, this is just, you know, a side thing that they're passionate about or just another asset class for them, the stock market is going to really affect those kind of investors. You know, these are not big funds, you know, even the smaller funds, their LPs get a little nervous, you know, when the stock market and other things are going on in the economy, you know, wars throughout the world and things of that nature, that's going to affect a seed stage investor way more than, you know, the really later stage big funds. So a couple of follow-up questions from there. You called this, you know, a cycle. How long can we expect this cycle to last? I'm hoping it's only a couple of weeks, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, everyone take a deep breath, let it out. I mean, I think it's going to be 18 to 24 months. And, you know, the people I'm talking to, whether it's people at funds or the lawyers cutting the deals, they're kind of telling their clients from what I'm hearing, you know, you better hunker down and have about 18 to 24 months of capital or, you know, really change your spending to make what you do have last. I think marketing budgets are going to have to completely change, slowing distribution maybe a little bit. There's a lot of positive things you can do, but I think preserving cash right now for a founder is the number one. I wouldn't worry about growth. I would worry about preserving your cash and just, you know, really dialing in on how do I have a well-run business that's not bleeding a ton of money every month? Well, what specific aspects or areas of marketing do you think entrepreneurs should focus on, given what you just said? Well, a lot of money has been spent in the last couple of years on digital marketing, social media marketing, influencer marketing, in sort of like a testing. There was so much money being invested that the founders had that bandwidth to test a lot around digital marketing. And now that money's just not available in your budget anymore. You need to preserve that for inventory and you know your distribution and things like that. So founders have to just really roll up their sleeves, sampling street teams, like literally the founders getting to every event they could possibly go to and just sampling out their product getting that first try, you know, and then getting that sell through on the shelf, a lot of in-person stuff and founders teaming up, you know, the founders can save a lot of money if they're teaming up with other founders and they're doing events together and they're sharing resources around marketing and PR and, you know, being in an article together, sharing, you know, when a reporter calls you, you know, who else in your community can you hand it off to? And there's a lot of founders doing a great job about this. But it's got to be a lot of roll up your sleeve street marketing by the actual teams themselves. 
throwing money at a digital agency to see what's going to work. There's just not enough capital around to do that. So not all the money has dried up. I think there are still angel and seed investors who are placing bets, so to speak, on early stage brands. Why? Why would you be motivated given the economy, the sort of uh, financial environment that we're in right now? What would really move the needle for you to get involved with an emerging brand? You know, it's really funny. I had this conversation last night with my husband, Drew Coven, who's my co-managing director and a longtime entrepreneur and entrepreneur. And, you know, in some ways at Angel Investors at this point, it really comes from the heart of just products they love and they want to see out there in the market. You know, if they're going to put some money into stuff, it's Not that they were so looking at the numbers before it was, you know, taking a chance on someone. But when we talk about it at the end of the day, if we are going to write a check, it's really going to be a product that we love, that we use day in and day out, whether it's the glasses we wear or the thing we drink, you know, or a supplement we take. You know, it's the stuff that's just at the end of the day, we have it in our home. We're using it. We recommend it to people. There's a lot of products around women's health that there's a ton of women and angel investors still just getting into the game. A lot of new women are writing checks around products around women's health. You know, that could be a supplement or a functional food or a functional beverage. But yeah, the angel investors who are putting money in, they're not so much looking at the numbers. They're looking at, this is a good product that the world should have. And is it, you that's reaching out to the founders after having tried the product or using the product, or do they notice that, okay, you put this on social media or they notice you're, you know, a frequent buyer of the product and they're like, oh, you know, did a little bit of research on you, saw that you were an investor and then reached out that way. I guess, how does that relationship start? I mean, it's definitely a combination. I'm still getting an enormous amount of people just reaching out. But yeah, if we like a product, we'll just tag it you know, in a social post. Sometimes we've actually reached out to the founder and just saying, hey, we love your product. And one or two we've discovered through, you know, being sent samples and and trying it out. So it it's a combination. But I would say if anyone, whether they're an investor or just a prominent person, even if they just have a large social following, if they tag you, you know, reach out to them right away. Because I have things I'll tag because I'm such a huge fan and they'll like the posts, but they won't reach out to me. And I'm like, you know, that's a little bit of a shame because I could do a lot more for you. But, you know, I'm like, okay, that's that's cool. And I'll keep using your product because I love it. But, you know, those that really follow up and say, you know, hey, can we start a relationship? I'm more than happy to help in a lot of ways. That's such great advice, Maxie. Thank you for sharing that. One more quick question. Are the checks that you are writing or considering writing smaller than they were last year or the year prior? So what I'm seeing more is the angel investors going in, they know that those little checks, they don't really pack the punch that the founders need. And what I am seeing is a big kick for the SPVs. And you know whether it's AngelList or Carta or now Sidecar, They're just making it easier and easier to create an SPV. And that way, the angel investors can be much more comfortable putting in much smaller amounts. But as a group, they can go in for a couple hundred thousand dollars. 
And what's more important, and this is the marketing thing again, each and every one of those angel investors is worth exponentially more with the contacts they have. You know, the marketing power you'll get from most of your angel investors is way more than that smaller check that they're going to write. SPV stands for special purpose vehicle. Could you explain what that is in the context of investment as it relates to consumer products? Absolutely. So it's a special purpose vehicle, meaning a specific company is created an LLC for one particular investment. So that way, if someone wants to come in for 10 or 20 or 25,000, but they have an excited group of people that they want to bring in who are going to write 10 and $25,000 checks, they can create this limited company for the sole purpose of just investing in your brand. And then all of a sudden they group together and they have a $250,000 investment for you, which you know just puts them in a bigger, more advantageous place on your cap table. So it's better for them. And then it's better for you because you actually have more investors and investors who liked your product enough that they just wanted to get into the deal. And so they probably have a lot more to contribute than just even their money. Now, we were chatting about some of the topics we were going to cover in this interview, Maxie. And one of the things that you brought up was that this sort of trend that you're seeing of angel investors not following up on subsequent rounds or not investing in subsequent rounds. Why is that? And I guess, how do entrepreneurs and founders think about motivating those angel investors, particularly if they become close with them or they feel like they have a good relationship with those investors, what can they do to get them involved in those subsequent rounds? That's a tough one in terms of, you know, really changing someone's criteria for investing. You know, it's double-sided. We had all this fresh new money come into seed stage investment, which was great because so many founders got funding that may not have previously. But angel investing, you know, really became a popular thing and and something everyone wanted to try. But if someone's trying it out, they write one or two checks, they want to see how it goes. So they need a couple of years to see how the these first couple investments play out before they put more money into it. It's going to be hard to convince them unless they had some crazy early exit where they made a lot of money, where they're like, oh, wait a minute, this is a really great thing. They need time. They need time to like see how the game works and see how their deals play out. So I think if you have an angel investor who says, no, 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 one round was enough for me. You know, I wanted to try it out. I want to see how you do. I don't know that you're going to get any more funding from them, but they're invested in your company. Your success, you know, means something for them personally. So I would lean into them more of helping you get to either other new angel investors or to bigger funds who can come into later rounds. But if they're not professional investors where they're going to lose the money if they don't invest it, it's hard to get them into subsequent rounds. They're trying it out. I mean, they really are. So yeah, it's just utilizing those early investors. And the conversation is not awkward because it used to be if your original investors don't reinvest, it was a really bad sign. Mm -hmm. I don't think so anymore. You'll just say, hey, I had great people who got me started just like friends and family. Nobody expects people from your friends and family round to come into subsequent rounds. 
And it's kind of the same thing with like these really early angel investors. They just don't come into subsequent rounds. And the later stage, that doesn't make them nervous. They got you started. They got you there. They got you in the game. And that's wonderful. But now you're looking at a different group. As always, such valuable advice and insights, Maxie. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat this morning. And we'll see you next month. Absolutely. Can't wait. That brings us to the end of this episode of Taste Radio. Thank you so much for listening. And thanks to our guest, Maxine Kosler-Coven. As always, for questions, comments, ideas for future podcasts, please send us an email to ask at tasteradio.com. Our audio engineer for Taste Radio is Joe Cratchy. Our technical director is Joshua Pratt. And our video editor is Ryan Galang. On behalf of the entire Taste Radio team, thank you for listening. And we'll talk to you next time.